Hello and welcome to the Emerging Leaders Podcast, an official podcast of Fisher Homes, where we collect wisdom, strategies, and insights from proven and successful leaders to help you go further and faster as a leader. I'm your host, Tom Hansen. This is another special episode of the Emerging Leaders Podcast. It's part two of a four-part series where I chat with the 2019 Fisher Homes Award winners. And in each episode, I help you get to know each of them a little bit better and learn more about what made them so successful in 2019. In today's episode, I spoke with Hannah Wirth, Assistant Marketing Manager here at Fisher Homes, and she was the corporate recipient of the Internal Customer Satisfaction Award. In today's episode, we talk about Hannah's experience as a co-op here at Fisher Homes and transitioning into a full-time position, and she has some advice for any co-ops out there. So if you're a co-op listening to this, you might want to listen to Hannah's advice there. Also, we learn how Hannah achieves success because she's always willing to say yes to new opportunities and projects. As always, I've timestamped our conversation in the description below if you want to jump around. And please stick around to the end because I'm going to summarize some of Hannah's advice and thoughts and give you some takeaways and action items to grow as a leader. With that, let me jump to my conversation with Hannah. Hey, Hannah, it's good to chat with you. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, I'll just jump right in. So 2019 award winner. I'm, I'm sitting in the presence <laughs> of a champion right now. Uh, how, did, how did that feel to see you, uh, your name come across the uh, video there as a 2019 award winner? You know, uh, being in marketing and kind of being on that side of everything, especially with the production of the video, right. I was really surprised and I wasn't <laughs> expecting that. And then on top of that, I also was on the annual meeting planning committee. And so we're involved with the awards as well. So I had no idea. And, and you really still crazy. had no idea after all of that? Yeah, right. That's hilarious, <laughs> man. This, your team did a good job of keeping the secret. <laughs> yeah, it was a good way to find out. Yeah, well, um, good. Well, I, you know, I think so everyone knows you by name at the very least at this point, if they haven't worked with you and know you directly just because of that. But I'd love to get to know you a little bit. So uh, just starting off, what's your Fisher Homes story? Um, when did you, what were you doing before Fisher Homes? How long have you been here? Just the whole story. I'd love to hear it. Yeah, so I mean, I was attending University of Cincinnati and studying marketing and sales. Um, I went to UC, Bearcats, go Bearcats. Right, right, right. <laughs> Jamie is going to um, love that when she hears this. Oh gosh, Jamie, <laughs> UK, right? Um, but yeah, so I was uh, studying marketing and sales and it was kind of time to start looking for a co-op position because UC really promotes that heavily, especially in the business school. Um, I kind of came across Fisher Homes just on the UC portal, and I wasn't really super um, aware of what that position might entail, but after a few conversations, I kind of found out that it was more graphic design focused, which was interesting, but I was also very interested in that. And so that was my first position was kind of the marketing co-op, but it was graphic design focused. And from there, it transitioned into a part-time co-op where I was there for, I mean, a total of a year and a half as a co-op with Fisher in the marketing department. And then that transitioned to the full-time position that I'm in now, which is an um, assistant marketing manager. Wow. So, uh, and 
So you're kind of one of our many uh, co-ops that end up working with Fisher Homes. Uh, what was that transition like to go from being a co-op to being full-time? Was it just kind of like, I'm already used to it, or was it a big shift for you? You know, it was, I think it was pretty simple. I think just maybe the hours were a little bit different because <laughs> when I was co-op, I mean, I was working part-time and going to school. And then I shifted into that full-time position right away. I mean, I think it was nice to not have the school in the background anymore and to kind of focus on my new career, right? Um, but yeah, the transition was really smooth and Fisher really got me adequated really quickly. So, um, you know, when you're a co-op, I guess the big goal, or at least from your perspective, is just to kind of see, is this one, is this a job that I want to be doing for the rest of my life or just to start my career at the very least? Um, but also, is this a company or an organization that I want to work with? Um, so what was going through your head as you were processing the co-op and, and your future prospects when you were still in college? What was that like? Right. In school, I was still focused on maybe I have a few different co-ops at different companies. And I think that's just how UC in general kind of promotes that. Um, but I mean, as I stayed on, I was trying new things and doing new things in the organization. So it was really all encompassing. Um, and then from there, I mean, I was, I mean, I feel like, especially as a marketing student, the easy way to go is just to be, oh, I'm gonna go work at a marketing agency, an ad agency, because that's kind of what you think. But in all reality, I mean, every company needs marketing, right? So to find that role in Fisher Homes, which was something I was always interested in, real estate and everything like that, it kind of was a perfect fit. Wow, yeah, that's awesome. Um, so, you know, I imagine, uh, there are a lot of, we have a lot of co-ops who are kind of going through the same process and the same journey that you did of, of walking into a co-op position, trying to evaluate it, evaluate themselves, make big decisions. So thinking back to when you were a co-op or when you started with Fisher Homes, what do you wish that you knew back then? You know, if you could have a time machine and give yourself one piece of advice or insight, what would it be? Right. You know, I was super eager starting out and I kind of already felt like I had this background, especially just working with Fisher Homes for what it was a year and a half then. Um, so I kind of felt like, oh, I'm just, I can do it all right. And I definitely got started very quickly. So I think the one thing that I wish I would have known is kind of take it slow, you know, like great things take time, right? Um, and maybe focus on those little things that can really make a difference in your career rather than trying to do everything all at once. Yeah, absolutely. So, so those little things, so what, um, what things do you attribute to your success? So you, yeah, that's awesome. You've had great success here. You started as a co-op, you started your career here, and then you were 2019 award winner of the, of the recognized, uh, corporate person, uh, for, for, uh, for your success, what do you attribute to that? You know, I think, I mean, just going along with the advice I could have used, I mean, yeah, I was super eager and I think that's probably a tribute to some of my success was I'm always willing to help out, always willing to say yes. Um, even if I don't necessarily know what's the outcome, I just gotta have that confidence and kind of drive it forward. And I've always, that's always kind of been my mentality is, yeah, I can, I'll make it happen, you know what I mean? Mm. Um, and so I think with that, I've built that confidence and that confidence has kind of catapulted me, which is great to have. 
Yeah, it's so funny you said that. That's been an idea that I've really been uh, just thinking about and mulling over is this idea of, you know, I've like two quotes that have stuck with me that I think about a lot are um, pretending you know what you're doing is almost the same as knowing what you're doing. So just say, act like you know what you're doing and do it, right? Right. Or another one is uh, always say yes and then figure it out. You know, there's, there's always right. a million reasons to say no. There's a, a million reasons why something may not work out. But that optimism and that kind of confidence you said, I think that's really interesting. Can you speak a little more to that? Like what, can you give me a specific example where you had to say yes to something, but then you had to figure it out as you went? What, what was that like? You know, I, I kind of find myself in those positions like very often as far as an individual project, I don't know, but I think there are times when other departments, for example, are asking me for something that maybe I have no idea <laughs> what they're talking about. And I don't want to say I necessarily am like, oh, I need to be the one to do that, but I want to involve myself in that to really kind of figure out how that kind of transpired. Um, and I think from that, I'm able to, you know, build that confidence of saying yes, you know. So even if I don't know what's going on, like you said, I, I just, I make it happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like that optimistic confidence of just, yeah, you know, that there, every problem has a solution and, you know, why can't, why am I not the person that could find that answer? You know, <laughs> like, exactly. it, it's amazing, especially in our world of information, I feel like someone in the world has figured this out, <laughs> you know, right. like this is not right. a unique thing. So, um, why can't I be the one to discover it or bring it to Fisher Homes or whatever? And I've definitely have found that kind of working in the corporate world is there's a, there's a million problems and there's also a million kind of pessimistic reasons not to jump into them or take on those problems. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. Like what, what it, have you ever had that? So, you know, what are the risks I guess that you see with, with taking on new stuff or new things and not really, having the full, having the whole playbook written for you? Yeah, I mean, I think the common thought is, oh, I could fail, right? And yeah. mess everything up for not only myself, but somebody else. Or the other thought is, am I overstepping, right? Maybe yeah. I should just hand this off to somebody else. And, and I think that's the balance that you have to find. So like I was saying, sure, I don't necessarily need to be that person to do it, but involve yourself in it. And that way you can learn from that perspective. Yeah. It just blows my mind, Hannah, how many people are waiting around for someone to give them the playbook. Mm -hmm. You know, just like, right. tell me what to do and I'll do it. And, right. you know, if you want to be on the cutting edge, if you want to be on the forefront of advancement, innovation, all that stuff, there is no playbook. There is none. Mm -hmm. You know, I know with like a, like a, I could name a handful of projects that I get thrown into and I, I don't know, I have no idea like exactly how it's going to go, but, but I'm just saying there's a way and, and, you know, someone has the answer, the answer's out there somewhere. I'm going to find it. Right. So I will take the responsibility of figuring that out. And then, yeah, you kind of end up being in the, uh, in the wild west a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. But like, but I mean, I think that's definitely been my experience with you is, you know, um, your, your optimism and willing to, willingness to kind of jump in um, to things and problem solve and figure it out, I think is really, is really one of your best qualities. I think that's great. Yeah, so, 
Yeah, so Hannah, no, uh, no person is an island. No one uh, gets anywhere where they are without help or support of people. Okay. I would love to hear of a few people that um, kind of made you who you are and what, what did they teach you and what did you take away from those relationships? Yeah, I mean, I think it's probably a cliche answer, but my mom has definitely been a great influence to me. Um, our careers are, I mean, very different. What does she do? She's actually um, an industrial designer. So, I mean, there's some crossover, but yeah. she's also been in the same position because she's a designer, right, for 30 plus years, which is crazy. Um, but so I think just from that, I mean, she's just a strong woman and and having somebody like that in my life has been super influential. Um, she's always been my biggest cheerleader, even growing up from what sports, schools, or whatever it may be. Um, but she's also never one to sugarcoat it. She has a very dry personality, and she'll tell you how it is. And I think from that, I mean, I just learned to really be myself. And like I was saying, build that confidence because I, I kind of had to with with her um, and so I kind of carry that into my career today for sure that's great yeah that's awesome yeah yeah who else yeah, right. comes to mind an obvious one I, I would have to say is Steve Whaley of course who's my yeah. boss director of marketing um, not only did he give me my first job out of college which is obviously what I'm doing right now but he's always been that person who has kind of allowed me to branch out and allow me to take on those new projects. So even like I was saying, like I work with other departments and I kind of just go for it and he's really allowed me to do that. And I think Fisher in general really promotes doing that, which is amazing. Um, and he's the same kind of guy. So he's been in so many different roles and yeah, he's director of marketing, but he doesn't just do marketing and to see him kind of move to the top as a leader in our organization, it's just super inspiring and I'm glad to be able to work with him to learn from that. Yeah. Steve's really great. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. That, yeah. And I, I bet that's exciting for you to um, just engage in different departments and different problems and just get a better understanding of the big picture of Fisher Homes. Right. You, you know, you and I went through a, like a, an emotional learning training together and we found out that we had some similar personality traits. We did, and, we did. And one, yeah, which was super cool. Um, and one of them, it was Myers-Briggs and we were both ends, right? Is that right? Yes, yeah. the big picture, right? Yeah, yeah. So if anyone's yeah. a Myers-Briggs fan out there, we're both uh, in or S that segment. We are intuitive, right? Which means that, you know, if they, they gave us an exercise and they gave us a problem to solve. And uh, the, the one group that were S's were kind of like, what's the budget? What's the dimensions? What do we need to do to get started? What's our start date? When's our end date? You and I were right. like, what is the, what is the idea of this building? <laughs> like we were like, we were literally thinking like, you know, it's hilarious once they compared how we were processing things. But, mm -hmm. but I think if you've got that kind of personality trait, you know, you just are so energized to be like, oh, I get to kind of like jump into an HR world today or I'm jumping into a construction world today and seeing what they're seeing, you know what I mean? Which I think is pretty cool. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, yeah. Um, any other uh, people come to mind that kind of made, man, made Hannah Worth who she is today? Right, you know, I mean, I'm still super fresh in my career, right? So mm -hmm. I, I mean, I technically graduated early from UC, so I'm kind of on the younger side, I guess, for my experience. 
So I don't know if I've met that third or fourth person yet. And I think that's okay. I think in general, I just kind of get some influence from strong women, whether it's in our industry or not. And I think growing up in social media, I've really been able to see that and be more accustomed to these ideas of these women, where they, where they were to get where they are today. And I think that's been an amazing influence. That's awesome. So there's no like kind of trainer slash podcast host slash, uh, you know, know. part-time magician. No one of those kind of people come to mind as an influential Maybe uh, Tom, you were a great influence on me. Oh, I wasn't talking about me. I, I mean, I don't know who I was, but but I will take it if I was a big influence. Yeah, uh, let's go. Just, let's elaborate on how great I am. No, I'm just kidding. I was no, going to say you did buy on. You're a magician. <laughs> no, I didn't. I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, <laughs> no. Uh, so, um, okay, that's great. I mean, so early in your career, talk to me about uh, Hannah Worth in a few years, like what are your goals? Like what are you uh, striving for uh, personally, professionally? I think uh, I think there's a lot of people who listen to this or maybe in your same boat where they're kind of just starting out. So they're trying to figure out what the long game is. Do you have any mm-hmm. thoughts on that? You know, I'm the type of person, I wanna move up fast, right? So yeah. I definitely see that in my near future and I'm excited about it. Um, as far as personal life, I mean, I think I'm just super focused on a career right now and I'm excited for that growth to happen over the next few years and we'll see where it goes. Um, as far as anything particular, no, I just have goals to move up. Right. So. Yeah. Just growth. I think. Yeah. Right. That's really good. I think that's, I think that's great. You know, just having that open-mindedness for what is to come and just wanting growth in general. I just have found that that is such a, you know, something that Fisher Holmes appreciates the growth mindset. And I think, you know, just in the world, I think that will do you really well. So that's really great. Awesome. Well, Hannah, it is that time. It is time for the bag of questions. Oh goodness. More like the hot seat, right? (laughs) No, no, no. This is it. This is uh, where we get into this. Uh, into your mind, walk around a little bit to see what you're made of. Okay, so I'm gonna pick out three here for you. Our first question, are you a morning person or a night person? Ooh, you know, I think I'm a little bit of both. I'm an all day person. I think in the morning is definitely where I thrive at work. So right now we're doing this in the morning and I'm thankful for that because who knows what it would have been like in the afternoon. But I'm also somebody who likes to go out at night and be in the darkness <laughs> with people that I know. So I think I'm a little bit of both. Okay. All right. Sit on the fence. That's okay. That's great. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Okay. If you had to be shipwrecked on a desert island, but all your human needs, such as food and water and shelter, were all taken care of, what two items would you want to have with you? Oh, goodness. Two items. Could it be people if you view people as objects hannah that is like i'm not that's your perspective i don't no i'm just kidding yes it could be people no you could it could be whoever whatever you want objects i don't know i mean i think you could say oh i'll bring my phone to get help right 
That's very practical of you. Okay. But if I brought a person, I would want to bring my mom because I think it would, we could make it really fun at the same time. You would totally design that island. You would make it. Right. It would be amazing. That's why it's like stranded, not stranded, building a place. Right? Yeah, that's great. Good. Okay. Last question. What inspires you? What inspires me? I think I kind of touched on it. I mean, strong women in this world right now. I'm definitely team girl power and I've always been that way, even growing up and I have strong women in my life, but also just seeing that throughout the world is super inspiring. And just to compare yourself to that in some little form is just all that you could ask for. That's great. Good stuff, Hannah. Well, thank you so much for spending some time with me today. Congratulations on winning the 2019 (laughs) award. You deserve it. And that's really great. Um, and I know that 2020, uh, we're expecting great things and I know you're, you're going to deliver on that. So keep it up, keep up the great work and, uh, thanks for spending some time with me today. Yeah. Thanks so much. Great talking to you, Tom. Okay. That was awesome. I've got one big takeaway for you. How do you get to a point where you were saying yes more often, just like Hannah does? Anyone that has worked with Hannah can confirm this. She's always willing to jump into a new project, a new event, a new opportunity. She's just excited for the opportunity to learn something new or to be on the front edge of something. And I think that's what made her so successful in 2019. And I think that's something that we can all emulate a little more. Often I find that we say no because we're really hiding from something. We're hiding from failure. We are too afraid to fail, so we want to say no and protect ourselves. We're afraid of looking foolish, so we want to say no uh, to not put ourselves in that position. Or we just have a very low risk tolerance profile. Now, I can tell you that our leaders that we've had on this podcast have spoken to that several times. That's been a consistent theme, is your risk tolerance. Leaders have a high risk tolerance. They're willing to take risks. We've heard leaders on this podcast who have uprooted and moved. Uh, We've had leaders that have been taken on a new responsibility, that have jumped into a sales role that was full, 100% commission, just things like that, that put them in a position to gain the leadership insights that they have, and it really came down to risk. And I think it all comes down to being willing to say yes. So my takeaway for you is really... Uh, It's kind of unique. I've got an article for you. It's linked in the description of the podcast. So check out the description of the podcast for the link. But it's an article from entrepreneur.com and it's entitled Five Reasons Why You Should Say Yes Even When the Answer is No. And it's written by uh, a guest blogger on here. His name's Chris Hutchins. He's the founder and CEO of Grove and has worked at Google. Uh, Really insightful guy. But his article here gives you some great insights on growing your ability to say yes. And as you read this, I want you to process it like this. What are you doing now that you should stop doing? What are you not doing that you should start doing? And what are you doing that you should continue doing? I think that's just a great framework to to evaluate anything, a podcast, a book, or an article, anything. What do you need to stop doing? What do you need to start doing? What do you need to keep doing? So as you read this, think about that and use those insights to grow as a leader. All right, that's our episode for today. Thank you so much for listening. If you have thoughts, questions, or concerns, don't hesitate to reach out to me, T. Hansen at fisherhomes.com. Specifically, I would love to know who would you like to hear on this podcast and what questions would you like me to ask them? 
Also, keep an eye out for upcoming Emerging Leaders events here at Fisher Homes. These are events that help you connect, grow, and get resourced as a leader. And as always, please rate, follow, and subscribe to this podcast on whatever platform you consume it on. That really helps this project grow. And with that, keep saying yes and keep growing as a leader. Thanks. Bye.